<laughs> Good evening, everyone. I'm a bit nervous about doing this because, well, um, I've never given a sermon, sermon before. It's not exactly something they taught us in uh, orientation. Uh, my nerves were not exactly helped by the opening part of that verse, which I discovered when I researched it, doing my little reading research for this. The part about uh, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Not exactly encouraging. So as I take my stab at teaching, or more accurately, rambling on about something I think is important to a captive audience, I hope that all, you all won't judge me and my mistakes too strictly and will bear with me when I inevitably stumble over my words or speak too quickly. Will you pray with me? Lord, I pray that the meditations of my mind and the words of my mouth and the feelings of our hearts will be found acceptable to you on this day. Amen. Language is a curious thing. It is one of the most powerful shapers of human history. Indeed, in the book of Genesis, the existence of a common human language is credited for the building of the Tower of Babel, a tower that reached the heavens. God, realizing that nothing was out of humanity's reach so long as humans possessed a unified language, decided to confuse that language. This is how the Bible explains the diversity of the world's dialects. Though humanity now speaks in a multitude of different tongues, our use of language has still led to the creation of greatness. Despite writing in different languages, Shakespeare, Tolstoy, and Dante all brought the wind word to heights nearly as high as the biblical Tower of Babel. Similarly, the spoken word can move people to pursue the cause of justice. Even what we would consider everyday language can communicate a friend's encouragement or a mother's love. It can comfort the afflicted and promote understanding between people of different backgrounds. Language, in my opinion, is the key ingredient for many of humanity's best aspects. However, the very same thing, which can be used to enlighten and inspire, to create and heal, can also be used for evil. James compares the tongue to a small flame that can set an entire forest ablaze. Indeed, language has been used by countless demagogues to fan the flames of hatred and ethnic violence. Language, particularly in its labeling function, can be used to construct divides between us and those we describe as others. On a more mundane level, language is how many of us inflict pain on our fellow man. Whether we intend them to or not, our words can cut deeply and leave lasting scars. The tongue, as James says, can be a vessel for the most torturous of poisons. Language can also be used to tell stories, sometimes like the parables of Jesus or the secular fairy tales of Harry Potter. These stories can be constructive in the formation of our conceptions of right and wrong. Others can be harmful. Earlier in the semester, I watched a TED talk by Chimamanda Adichie. I wrote out the pronunciation on my paper because there was no way I was going to get that right about single stories. A single story is a narrative about a group of people that becomes their defining narrative, blotting out all other aspects of their character. Regardless of the group in question, single stories are corrosive to society, so they perpetuate stereotypes and hinder the formation of cross-group connections. Single stories survive not because of the malevolence of demagogues or institutions like the media, but instead because of our individual contributions to a societal discourse. Single stories proliferate in our society. The portrayal of Islam as a religion of violence is a single story, as is the dismissal of Trump supporters as merely uneducated bigots. While there are certainly violent Muslims and bigoted Trump supporters, defining each group by its worst par parts is harmful. 
Each of us has been guilty of perpetuating a single story at some point in our life. On the plus side, this means that each of us holds part of the solution to this problem. The ability of individuals to solve the problems we create with language is a key part of why James's message holds meaning for me. Clearly, the words we use in our daily lives are powerful and can have impacts that go far beyond our daily life. With that great power comes great responsibility. James recognizes this when he calls on us to, quote, tame the tongue, unquote. He also acknowledges that complete control over one's words is impossible and has never been achieved by anyone in history. I can personally attest to this as, despite my constant efforts to improve, I still hurt people with my speech. Though I am an imperfect messenger, I still believe that by attempting to achieve perfection in this regard, we improve even if we ultimately fall short of our goal. None of this is a call for us to all tiptoe around each other, too scared of hurting each other's feelings to bring up difficult truths. James himself is quite blunt in his assessment of his fellow Christians' shortcomings in his writing. Additionally, frankness is uh, the first element in Ron Swanson's Pyramid of Greatness. And on a more serious note, honesty is essential for any society and for any strong relationship. Nor is it a call to stop calling out injustice in the world. Jesus himself, the most perfect being to walk the earth, did not hesitate to call out the Pharisees for their hypocrisy. Instead, it is a call to be more mindful of the words we say and their effect on those around us. Thank you. Wait, this button, the red one again? Yeah.